1: Appreciate all the blitzers. That was a good one. Rowdy. Rowdy on a Tuesday. Check in with our man Ty Harrington coming up. Talk some college baseball one week to go in the regular season, one weekend for Texas. Huge series with West Virginia. College baseball will be into its tournament season by next week. Week 12 will be up in Arlington. Hey, Buck, the, uh, I think that stat I read uh, was inaccurate because I think there's a different team that had the lowest odds to win the lottery that won it. According to this graphic I'm looking at right now, not the 1993 Magic, who had a 1.52% chance to get it when they drafted Chris Webber and traded him. It was the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2014 when they had a 1.4% chance and got the number 1 pick, and the Cavs took Andrew Wiggins. Because Ty is a Mavericks fan. Would you say the Mavs have a 3% chance? Correct. And if they uh, win this tonight because what you mentioned there have been a handful of teams that have been that far down that have won the top overall pick obviously they were highly criticized for tanking those last two games of the year uh, and playing and playing for this lottery pick if it works out obviously mark cuban will look uh, look pretty smart but uh, the teams that have won it with less than a 3% chance the cavaliers in 14 the clippers conveyed to the cavaliers we had a 2.8% chance in 2011 that turned into the Kyrie Irving pick 2008 the Bulls had a 1.7% chance mm-hmm. they took Derrick Rose and those are the, the ones there's also a the Bucks in 05 had a 6.3% chance and they took Andrew Bogut. Oh yikes. He was all right. Great right. dude. And the Pelicans in 2019 had a 6% chance and that ended up being the Zion Williams pick. So tonight the uh it's due. It's due. It has been ni- it's been 9 Uh-oh. years. Tonight, the the Pistons, Rockets, and Spurs each have a fourteen percent chance to land the number one overall pick. Sorry, Spurs. Hornets have a twelve point five percent chance. Blazers ten point five, and on down all the way to the Mavericks. But Spurs at 3%. have really been
3: working at it,
1: though. You can't work at luck, <laughs> because look, the the top three. I mean, the difference between the first pick and the second pretty gin, ginormous, according to most. With Victor Wanyama being the prize, but the the guards scoot. Scoot Henderson would be the next pick. Then, probably the kid out of Alabama that had so much controversy surrounding him, Brandon Miller, would be maybe the third pick off the board. But uh, that's not a 7 3 skilled big like uh, Wynn Banyama is. This is the best draft in a while. It is. It, yeah, because again, even if you don't get the one pick, you're going to get a good mm-hmm. player at the top. Because Brandon Miller, despite all, the, all that went on this year at Alabama, he's a really good player. I mean, 6 9 wing that can defend, shoot it. You got a little Jason Tatum to his game, the way he plays and uh, like him uh, for sure. But obviously that'll all come down tonight. And that'll be, by the way, that starts at 7. And then at 7.30 is game one of the Western Finals with the Nuggets and the Lakers if you're making your schedule. Hey, we'll preview the PGA Tour and the PGA Championship. PGA Tour, PGA Championship. Hey, Buck, we'll, we'll pick this up at the bottom of the hour. But does it matter that the uh, – You know, a guy who's not won a major but has been a good golfer is Patrick Cantlay. You know who's who's carrying the bag for Patrick Cantlay this weekend? Joe LaCava, who's Tiger Woods caddy. Well, Uh, Tiger's
3: not playing. got to do something, right? Yeah, apparently apparently
1: it was Patrick Cantlay that called Tiger and said, Hey, actually it was Joe LaCava who called Tiger and said, Would it be okay if I jumped on Patrick's bag while you're down?
3: While you're down for the rest of the year.
1: And he said, Yeah. Yeah, you wonder if that helps... Hey, whatever's going to help Patrick Cantley play faster will be good for me. For <laughs> crying out loud. We speed this thing up, Cantley. But yeah, John Rom coming off the Masters. Spaghetti Scheffler. Tony Finau playing really well. Jason Day just won here in Texas this past weekend. And there's Brooksy Buck. Brooks Gepska's back. He is back. So yeah, we'll preview that coming up. And obviously, you've got till Thursday to make your picks at Hornet And one of these com. days,
3: Shoffley will win.
1: Xander? One day. One of these days. Let's go to the Bucaro's hotline, talk some college baseball as we do each Tuesday with our man Ty Harrington. The skipper was a part of some broadcasts this weekend calling Texas baseball. Uh, good stuff there. What's up, Ty? How are you, man? Oh, I'm fantastic, gentlemen. How are you guys?
3: Doing good, Coach. Doing good.
1: Hey, let me start with uh, your, your conversation you had with Tanner Witt after the uh, game. We, we played it this morning. Good stuff. Tanner is such a likable guy and, and so, so excited to be back pitching. What would you take from what you saw with your own eyes, watching him pitch on Saturday and then when you talked to him?
0: Oh, I think if you go back to, you know, his first start, you know, at TCU, I mean, he was so amped up and ready and so anxious. And, you know, the difference was he you know, wasn't really able to land any of his off-speed pitches. You heard him talk about how important that was. You know, he's a fastball-driven guy, but in the same breath, he, to keep him off of that, you've got to be able to, to throw your off-speed in there. And I was really impressed um, on his third outing that he was able to go to maybe a second or third pitch of the game, go right into his off-speed pitches and, and throw them for strikes. I mean, I thought it was huge for him. Uh, you could see he, he looked and felt a lot more comfortable. You even heard him talk about afterwards that because he was able to, to mix in some different pitches – um, that he was he felt a lot more comfortable and uh, i thought he stayed in line better meaning i thought he stayed rode down the, the the mound uh in line a lot better uh with his mechanics and he just you know he's one of those those guys that just loves to have his spikes in the dirt out there he that's you know it's a it's a place it's a home for him where he, he feels really comfortable and, and competitive uh and it certainly was fun to to see him out there and i thought his um, his reactions and actions were really, really good um, you know for his third time out And, and I want to say this, a lot of people don't really understand unless you've been involved with rehab before um, when you have a, an arm injury, and how long of a process that is, and just how anxious you want to get out there and be a part of your team, particularly guys that are really competitive, guys that have that you know alpha work habit about them. It's just a long road, and it's lonely at times. It really is. But he's such an unreal teammate that, you know, you even heard Coach Pierce talk about how his teammates were out there watching him, you know, throw his, his, you know, bullpens and throw against some of their hitters, you know, trying to get ready and prepared. But it is a long road to get back to it. And uh, and you could see in his face, because he's a really excitable teammate anyway, but you could just see in his face just how fired up and and excited he was to be back there and and to feel good about his outing as well.
1: No question about it. And uh, we'll get to the bigger picture for Texas, but any idea having talked to and seen him and talked to Coach Pierce, maybe how I I know he's planning to start him again this weekend and keep that going so he can be, you know, coming, you know, coming out clean and not coming in in the middle of a game. Do you think as this season goes for the Longhorns into tournament time, that he could become more of a factor in the back end of a game if he continues to improve?
0: I don't know any of that. I mean, I'd love to tell you I do. Um, I don't. um, I don't know what their plans are as to how they're going to use him. Uh, But certainly now that, you know, everybody's got to feel a little bit more comfortable, whichever role they choose to use him in, because of his ability to throw his off-speed in there, his velo and his fastball will continue to get better, uh, as his angle on his fastball will, too, as he stays in line. So, bottom line is, I I think that, you know, after this pass outing and another one coming up this weekend, um, he'll start to gain some confidence, and they will too, as to however they choose to use him.
1: Coach, the uh, the college baseball landscape has never been more jumbled in my mind. I mean, you've got, uh, gosh, I was looking at the uh, the RPI. Kentucky is the number one team in the, in the college baseball RPI right now, which is kind of an off-the-nose, you know, team to be there. And there's all those teams from the SEC that are in there in the RPI. Wake Forest is number two. I mean, it, it, I can't remember a year where there's there's a really not a favorite at all. Uh, we just saw this with with March Madness in basketball, with the parody that's going on. That uh, this doesn't doesn't feel like there's a you, you who's going to make it to Omaha, which eight teams? It, it's really hard to predict right now.
0: It is real hard to predict. But that to me makes it really exciting. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I'm obviously a huge college baseball fan, because the unknown is, uh, is so exciting and fun. You know, I mean, I was I was listening to Todd Walker speak the other day, and and Todd was talking about, you know, the SEC. He still had it favored that it would be an SEC team uh, that will win the national title. I'm not going to say I disagree, but I'm not I'm not sure I would agree um, in a sense because I do think there's a lot of candidates out there for the 18s that are going to end up landing in Omaha, um, and I think the committee. And let's take a step back. I think the committee has a a really tough job. It's always been hard. And it's always been a tough job to get the the right teams into the NCAA tournament. But I think is as, as jumbled as it is at the top. It's also jumbled in that those last twenty teams they're going to get in, you know, on an RPI based, you know, um, situation, and or this last weekend, and then going into their tournaments, teams are going to have a chance to gobble up some RPI um, that are sitting on that edge. Whether you're right at forty something to you know, right mid thirties, that's gonna change some. It really is. So you got to start looking at the last weekend value of your opponent and then what side of the tournament in your conference tournament do you get in and who are you playing on that side that could help you gobble up some RPI value and then get into a finals or a semifinals of, of the tournament. Now obviously if you win it you're you're automatic. But to to take in some RPI value on, those, on this last weekend and in the tournament could really catapult and or eliminate yeah. some people at this point in time moving forward. And so, as, as you, and you're right, he, 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 you know, you guys, when you talk about the top of the RPI and there's a lot of some parity, there's some ever wor- what words people want to use. Uh, there's, you know, those teams up there. And, and mind you, some of those teams that are in that very top eight have also been swept before. This year, during the year as well, so that that goes back to what you were saying. But this this last weekend, and then the conference tournaments are going to be so exciting and so much fun to pay attention to because there's going to be some shuffling. You obviously want to be on the right side of it and and carry some wins into the tournament and and take any doubt away from the selection committees.
3: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, Coach. You're getting getting a couple wins during the tournament, and you may not win the tournament or. Or, but you really want to start reaching that, that, that good part of your your for your entire baseball team where everything's going in the right direction. You don't have necessarily have to win it, but you do have to play some positive baseball at that time.
0: You know, it's interesting, yes, Bucky, and you know what's interesting about this? So this is a three-week process mm-hmm. where last week you go into this week with your pitching, and it's a day short rest. Well then you go to next week and it's another day short rest for your arms. And so the guys that the pitching the teams that have the pitching depth, you know, haven't really overexposed their pitchers, you know, that it really is important when you do get into tournament play to start playing well like you're talking about and to have momentum and to also play well enough, you know, to capture these RPI value games and all those things, because you really start cutting back on on these pitchers rest. And and how long they can go into games, and what does that do? That starts to pull your bullpen into play, right? And that really starts to try to go. How how well is your bullpen going to do those last six outs and nine outs? Which is you know I like to re- relate this to the fourth quarter of a football te- or a football game is those last nine outs of a baseball game, and and being able to to really win those last nine outs of a game, which are going to help you obviously win games, but also get you some momentum moving forward into NCAA play and tournament play, as you're referring to, in the conference tournament, into playing well.
1: Yeah, no question. We talked about that last week. The uh, the fourth quarter, Texas has struggled again. That Lucas Gordon game on Friday uh, in the afternoon in the doubleheader, uh, they got a two run lead with six outs to go and can't finish it, and they lose it six to four. And that actually t- dropped Texas in the RPI from the mid twenties down to thirty one. Um, losing that game, even though they won the series with two wins, but the loss was was crucial for Texas there, and they've got to figure that out. But it, the series with West Virginia, coach, I mean, I mean, it's uh, we we talked about how big it can be for Texas. And they could also, you know, Longhorns have an opportunity to finish in the, at the top of the Big Twelve with a good weekend. And a sweep, and they could finish all the way down at seven if it goes poorly for them. Both of these teams are in the top four in the Big Twelve in offense, and batting, and pitching. Texas is number two in defense. Looks like a pretty even matchup on uh, on the the stats in the paper.
0: Yeah, I mean this is going to be fun. It really is. I, I, I'm on the on the game with Craig Way on Thursday night, and it can't get here soon enough. Um, I just think it's going to be a really unreal, um, you know, series. And let me say this, if you're a Texas fan, you need to get out there this weekend. You do. It, you need, it needs to be as loud as it can be. This folk needs to be at a high pitch uh, to try to help out because this, this has potential to be an incredible series and a fun series. And obviously, if you're a college baseball fan, but you really can't talk about West Virginia without talking about J.J. Weatherholt and the type of year he's having. And, and really, you know, everybody has a different about when you have a hitter like that how do you treat him and how do you go after him and, and a lot of times coaches will say it's not just him he's going to probably get his hits he's probably going to do what he does it's what you do around him it's the guys before him and the guys after him and you're talking about a guy's already got eight intentional walks this year you know hit 38 extra base hits he's a candidate for player of the year he's got a, a 530 on base percentage He's you know he's he's 35 of 41 of stolen bases i mean this guy's done a lot of great things offensively but you got to be able to control the guys around him so that he can't drive guys in and that he can't create his offense or you get hemmed in to having to pitch to him in certain situations and so um it, it, they, they've got a lot of guys on the mound that have been great for him i mean you go in and you start looking you know landon wallace and I mean, I, I also here's brandon Barry. those are all really really qualified here. And then Blake Traxel, who is their one of their, their Saturday starters, got five complete games. Now you got to go in there and think, man, at 94 innings, I think he's already thrown this year. That's a lot of innings coming into the last weekend of the year. And so it's going to be interesting to see if possibly, you know, is he tired from throwing that many innings, or is he built up to that? Is that what he's accustomed to? Um, so all those things will start to come into play. They're a very well-balanced offensive team. They can run. Their free-base ratio is really good. Um, and they've got, you know, a closer in, uh, in Carlson Reed, who is uh, a really good closer as well, and they've used multiple guys out of the pen. So it is going to be exciting. It is a challenge for Texas, but I think they, they're up to it. I really believe it. And and look at how well Texas has played at home and at Falk. and that's why I would encourage – everybody and anybody that is a Texas baseball fan or a college baseball fan to get out to balk this weekend and make it as loud and as exciting as it can be.
1: Yeah, good stuff. You mentioned uh, J.J. Weatherholt at West Virginia. This kid's batting four sixty six, folks. He's got 15 home runs his lowest batting average at any point this year was week game two when he was batting three seventy five. He's been batting over four hundred all year long, and he's currently coming in batting four sixty six. And he's got power too, and can run. He's a really good player, and just a sophomore there at West Virginia. JJ Weatherholt, the name to watch. Uh, real quick, Ty uh, TCU. I mean uh, Texas State had a rough weekend over there in the in the Bayou they got swept by the raging Cajuns, and now they've got to go to TCU tonight ahead of their final weekend with Louisiana Monroe obviously a big week for uh Steve Trout and the Bobcats too
0: absolutely and they got they, it's tonight's a big night
1: TCU on yeah on the
0: road and uh, obviously yeah that'll be home for Steven, who's a TCU grad and a great player from there so it'll be uh extra exciting and fun for him and um I just I still think and say I think this is you know maybe it's emotional but I also feel like you know, from a prof- professional standpoint, um, they've got their pitching still in a pretty good place. They ran into the Buzzsaw at Lafayette, which happens to people every once in a while. Teams they go over that's a tough place to play, and and uh, has been for a long time, and and will be for a long time. But uh, they need to win tonight; it would help them. Um, and again, I I think going into the Sunbelt tournament, if they can play well and then get to the and 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 one, win their three games against Monroe this weekend and then head into the tournament and pick up some more RPI, they're still on the edge that if they picked up some great wins. Because, again, you're looking at Coastal Carolina and, uh, who's, and, and Southern Miss, whose RPI is in the top 20. And so those are teams that you could pick up some RPI if you could get maybe to the latter part of the tournament, the championship. Who knows what those, what those RPI's you know, values start to change places, which is what I was referring to earlier in the conversation. But I still like the way they've got their pitching set up. And I've got three quality starters, and now a fourth with, was able to, who's been their Tuesday starter all year long. And how long do they go with him tonight, knowing that they've got a short series Thursday, Friday, Saturday? I think they can extend him if they choose to, and let him go as deep as they want to, and then have him prepared also for the tournament that's coming up next week. So everything that they want is still in front of them. They've got to play good tonight, and they've got to play good this weekend, heading into the tournament, and then play good in the tournament and then it'll be a lot of fun. It really will be, and I'll get a chance to to watch them. I'll, I'll do the Sun Belt Tournament, which will be a lot of fun to see a lot of these teams, particularly with you've got three teams inside the top thirty, uh, top 35 RPI,
1: and, uh, and so it's going to be exciting to do as well. All right, buddy. Appreciate it, and uh, you're all over the place. We'll hear you on Thursday night with the Game 1, the all-important series for Texas with West Virginia, and uh, we'll check in again next Tuesday ahead of conference tournament time. Thank you, sir. Thank you gentlemen. Thank you, guys. All right. There's Ty Harrington, uh, all things Texas. Tanner Witt on the recovery, starting to look more and more like the Tanner Witt uh, that we know. And the Longhorns need a big weekend with West Virginia coming to town and a lot on the line. Uh, we'll pick it up on the other side with the uh, previews of the games tonight with uh, Lakers, Nuggets, who you got? I'm taking the Lakers in this series. The other two guys here are taking the Nuggets. We'll preview. It's beanie on the Horn. And I just saw this come down, that uh, Colorado Buffalo's coach Dion Sanders been cruising around Boulder with a new truck. There it is. Look at this thing. Custom Ford F-650 pickup truck. That's so awesome with Deion Sanders. I love Deion. <laughs> Look he's who's he's here. Huge. I love Deion. F six fifty, up there in uh, Boulder, Colorado. Uh, with the, it's got prime on the grill right up front. Yeah, prime. It is my uh, Casey Stutter walking around, and it's good to see. You, you know, today is National Barbecue Day. Oh, it is. Today's yes, National Barbecue Day. Well, I'm gonna go
2: eat me some Mexican food. Though. <laughs> <laughs> you had another barbecue? It, well, no, I ain't waiting. No damn line. Uh, what? What was that? You were just who was that? You were just. Uh,
1: What's
2: that? You're just, who who was this? Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders. Hey, you know what's crazy? 60 people, 60 guys. He said, no, you guys suck. He did. I mean, but you got to think about, they went, oh, they're going 0 for 0 for 0 for. And he gave me, he told him what's up. He gave him the whole spring to go out there and prove yourself. See, let me know you you can make it and stay. And these guys couldn't take real work. That's all that is. It's been so soft up there, and the players have had the upper hand and they've been losing. It's like they've never been around a winner. But that's you
3: have, you what have to be is. able to fill a team to show up.
2: Oh, I know that, but I mean, at the, but at the end of the day, if these kids, you know, if you're going to overhaul, oh, that's the way to overhaul. Don't sit there and, and and like Texas did and couldn't really overhaul everybody and just suck. <laughs> yeah, we, we
3: Casey, we'll, they're going to suck this year.
1: Yeah. Well, they'll be. He, he's. Well, I'll play the like since you just said that, Ty, Ty, when Ty gets this email called up, I'll I'll play it for you, because I I was going to play this last week, but we never had a good spot to do it. This might be the place because Joel Klatt, We all know Joel Clatt, right? You played against Joel Klatt oh, yeah. in the Big Twelve Championship game one time. Crushed him. Yep, crushed him like you crushed, crushed everybody. Crushed his soul. <laughs> Dude, he's <laughs> so ma-
2: he's still mad at us. All right, he is still he's mad. He's still bitter about that game. Of course he is.
1: Uh, and because he got clobbered. And you, didn't you tell something about his girlfriend there? <laughs> yeah. You knew his girlfriend well, over I went that. to high school with his wife. School. Yeah.
2: And, you know, go out to Captain's, shake his hand. Hey, I know Sarah. What? How's Sarah doing?
1: <laughs> How's Sarah <laughs> doing? We a double take right there. Excuse
2: me? Yeah, we went to high school together <laughs> with your girlfriend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you did that at the coin flip. That oh, dude, he was so, so mad. So he's already mad. Yeah. That's a good, then he got hit in the face by Drew Kelson. Real quick, uh, here's Joel Klatt, who is a Colorado graduate himself, because this is this was right when everybody was giving Deion heat, and I criticized him for telling a kid get on out of here. Uh, 65 players gone at Colorado. Here was Joel Klatt defending it, saying well, essentially what Casey just said.
4: Deion Sanders gets hired at Colorado, and just like every new head coach, he's going to go in there and evaluate what's on the team, whether it's prior to spring ball or during spring ball. You have to evaluate what's on the team. Guess what he evaluated? Guess what he saw? Guess what he looked at when he turned on the film? He saw a 1-11 team. But it wasn't just a 1-11 team. Because we've seen teams go winless and you know be a one-win team before. He saw a team that lost 10 games by at least 23 points. 23? God. 10 games. Not 5. Not 4. 10. 10. Of the 11 losses by 23, one of the 11 was a single-digit margin. Arizona, they lost by eight. Did you know that in the Arizona game, Colorado trailed by 22 going into the fourth quarter? That means that their point differential was the worst in the FBS and certainly in the Power 5. Worst in the FBS, but just in the Power 5, by double the next (laughs) closest team. Their point differential was 29. They lost by an average of 29 points. The next closest team was Northwestern. They lost by an average of 14.6. Wow. That's basically double. That's crazy.
1: All right, there you go. There's where Joel Klatt says, run them out of here.
2: Any guess on who was number three on that loss, uh,
1: the largest Uh -uh. margin? Boston College. B.C., Bucky's, B.C. Eagles. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm glad you slammed him on that one. There you go.
3: They had a number one pick, though, this year. Zay Flowers to of...
1: Baltimore. All right. Well, there's Joel Klatt, and that's what you said, Casey. Y- y'all aren't. We can't. It was what was Mike Singletary said? Can't win with them. Can't win with them. Got to no. have them. Hey, how's Whitfield? You're doing a ton of, uh, cut of uh, what is it, catering now? Catering
2: and stuff, yeah. We'll probably be open next couple weekends on Saturdays, and then uh, we're going to shut it down, and and I'm going to get a brick and mortar as well rolling. Brick and mortar. Well, yeah, we, nice. You're doing a brick
1: and mortar Whitfields.
2: Yeah, so we're uh, we're working on that right now. Any and idea uh, where? You got? Yeah, I got mic. a couple. I got I got a spot. We're just uh, I'm just waiting. I don't want to jinx it, so I'm just waiting. Now let me ask get you, is someone who, of uh,
3: that AJ money and Ricky money. Yeah, they well, need to. You yeah. know, they we're want like you had, to invest in you.
2: them. I bet. No, I'm gonna tell AJ. I'm like, I need you to provide my liquor. There you I go. I want you to deliver it, hey, and you have to deliver is, it. You want I, this? AJ got Read the old man. Yeah. The old man if Bucky ain't
1: with you, you ain't getting the deal. <laughs> hey, I heard you drove the green at the Mullet Open. Oh yeah, on a par four.
2: Oh yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was eight or nine or whatever. Did you have a good time? It was a good time. No, I had a, it was a blast. I'm, I'm, I appreciate you having me out. That was the first year I uh, got to well, go we'll out there. Well, we hope you ten No, I'll, I'll be there for for sure. Now, what I'm going to do is make a weekend out of it and just bring the family oh. out. Is Floating that a great place to
3: bring the kids? Oh yeah, no, it's awesome. Did do you anything in the raffle?
2: Uh no, you bought a bunch of tickets, didn't you? Oh uh, yeah, but it's all good. You're a big raffle guy. I've learned.
3: learned no, that. I mean, I learned this year, Casey. This, this is the first year that somebody complained about not getting something. I mean, I've been to fifty thousand golf tournaments where I paid yeah. for raffle tickets and never won anything. Oh, yeah. I never. I, I just go to thought...
2: Ducks Unlimited every year, and there's so much badass stuff, and I never <laughs> win. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I know I'm a shoe in <laughs> this year. And I sit there, I'm like, I'll oh, call my number, and I never do. It's like. I'm like three numbers. Oh, it's the worst. Dude, thing I have
3: ever. one guy, one guy complain. One guy for really? the first time.
2: I, I, I seriously,
3: get seriously, a here. guy who's been coming forever, who I generally make sure they get something. Yeah, this year I didn't, and 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 he got mad. Uh, yeah, I'm like, really, you don't get something every year, sir. I mean, Twenty-two years, and this Seriously. Not okay. He's, no, that's yeah, not okay. He should have
2: gave him the old Daisy Rider. <laughs> give, give him a box of BBs. I've never BBs. seen guys
3: go up there to get a Daisy Just give him a case rider. of Bud
2: Light and I'm like, get out of here.
3: I've never seen guys go for a little Daisy BB gun or a little Red Rider. I mean, there's four of them up there. I would have grabbed They were gone. they were gone. Oh, they're, they're going gone. Oh, they're gone in a hurry. Yeah,
2: I would have got that or the... Uh, when the big raffle, I got the Tonka truck for my kids.
3: Oh, that big Tonka! How was, yeah. those all—that was badass. Need to learn how to do that. Hey, stuff. so
1: as someone who is in the barbecue trade and the barbecue game and make your own—do you have? Are you allowed to talk about your favorites? Oh yeah. Who's your favorite barbecue? My favorite barbecue—not not yours. Um, I love Valentina's. Me too. And they're coming on. I, we've been told that's coming online in Butte. Yeah, in I, June.
2: I just I took a little tour. Did it you? It's awesome. Looking yeah. good? Taking the, yeah, Miguel showed me all of this. it's 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 badass. Um I love Valentina's. I love his I love his Tex Mex barbecue creations. They're unbelievable. Good, there you go. Um you know, Mueller, that's that's hard to beat them. Those beef ribs out there, there's some good oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh man, those beef BBQ. ribs. Um who else has good barbecue? Roll of smoke has some good barbecue. Rolling smoke rolling smoke, they're a little small little trailer over there. My boy over there does some good work.
3: Um I am happy that you told me that what I need to do when I play golf now is I need to walk. So when I line up a putt, I need to walk it off. Is that telling telling my telling the guys that play against me? Yeah. That I'm for real? Well, that yeah. I know what I'm doing when I putt the ball?
2: Yeah. Cause you're feeling with your feet, you're feeling the angle on the green. Yeah, you do I have to take my, to my shoes off? You
3: guys, do I have to take no. my shoes off?
1: No, I do. Deal. Just walk it. You got to feel through your feet. I play without my shoes on. You kind of walk the line. You kind of straddle sandals. the line and try to feel the uh, the undulation changes.
2: It's so hot in Texas. There's no way. Like if it's a cold <laughs> day, I'll put
1: I'll put shoes on. Right, but like from here
2: till the summer, like That's I'm it. wearing sandals playing golf. Yeah. I mean, the grass is nice. It feels good on your feet. You you know, know where I, mean? I hit the ball, there's
3: snakes. They... I, I can't go, where I hit yeah, the ball. That's <laughs>
2: a good question. Just for you. the deuce of that ball. <laughs> that's just that's just whoever wants to get that. How can often have in the
1: in a, in a course of year do you wear shoes that require socks? Uh, when I work,
2: that's about it. Church. It. I don't. I mean, yeah. If I, you know, church,
3: weddings.
4: I'm
2: with you on that, Casey. I just. I mean, I'm a flip flop man. I am a flip-flop guy. A lot of people are like, Casey, can you wear shoes to the event? I'll wear jeans with flip-flops. <laughs> but I'm like, here, we're close to the
1: waters. Kind of a beach theme, there right? There you go. You well, know? you know, it's a day and age of uh, gender equi- equality. Why can't? Because women can wear sandals all the time. You absolutely. Get, like, fancy sandals. Women
2: have, women have
3: a lot better toes than men.
2: And pretty feet. They get all <laughs> yeah. taken feet. care of. Yeah. And, yeah. Not all of them,
3: but, you know. Well, yeah. it was good to have you, man. It really was. I yeah. appreciate you coming out.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. No, it was a great time. And I'm going to do it next year and bring the whole family, just make it a weekend out. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Now
1: you got it because Bucky's got a schedule <coughs> to when your kids are out of school.
2: Oh, I'm I'm good. Wife will bring him on Friday afternoon, and we're we'll out be
1: there, Lazy River all hey, weekend.
2: Real quick, I just showed you that video
1: about Gwen. Tony Gwen, Yeah, because we were talking about uh, last hour. Oh, uh, you were that's okay. We were talking about uh, just to explain to folks that are new to the conversation. We were talking about Shohei Otani, who last night went four for five and also was the winning pitcher. Oh, was he sweet swing? Double away night. from the cycle. We're talking about great hitters all time. And you mentioned, what, Rod Carewbuck and uh, who else did you, you mention someone else? That you yeah, from like. the
3: Red Sox. Um, Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs. Pete I mentioned Rose. Tony Gwynn
1: and what's that? Pete Rose. Pete, oh, the greatest yeah. hitter of all time. Uh, but so, and you gave me the stat with Tony Gwynn, and I did see that too. It was on TikTok or one of the videos yeah. where John Smoltz uh-huh. gave the stat that he, Greg Maddox, Pedro Martinez, and Glavin, and Glavin, Face him over three hundred something times. Yeah, over three hundred and fifty at bats between with, with all of those guys combined, and only struck him out what four times? Three, three times. Three times. Man, and that Pedro and Maddox never struck out. And that that was always because this was right in my heyday of growing up watching baseball. Greg Maddox could get everybody else out, but he oh. couldn't get Tony Gwynn out because Tony Gwynn had great. Because t- the thing with 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 Maddox was his late movement on his pitches. Yeah, when it the ball was would be there, and then it's gone. It would dart at the end, either direction, and no one could make caught. Con- but Gwen could Gwen was like trying to the bat for him was like uh hit trying to hit a butterfly or something he's just so good to get to bat the ball and here's the number that you should know with Tony Gwynn. he played twenty years and struck out four hundred and thirty four times ever That's in the so whole crazy. two decades of baseball he struck out four hundred and thirty four times which was an average of two hundred or twenty one point seven strikeouts per season the whole year <laughs> twenty one oh. <laughs> What was his career batting average? 444. No, career batting average. uh, 415. No, it wasn't over 400. I mean, it was was, uh, 331. 331. That's still crazy.